Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. It is time for you to call in 303-690-3000 or text me at 720-336-0897. Those are dedicated numbers. One is for texting only, and the other is for uh, getting on the air. There are no messages being taken, so... uh, Don't leave a message, please. Just text us your question or call in. We'd love to have you on the air. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, and we're grateful for uh, the opportunity to be a part of your life. And I want to remind you right at the beginning of the show that if you want to help Grace FM finish the year strong financially, would you go to gracefm.com and donate? Uh, Any amount would help, Um, large amount, small amount, you know, especially as you're considering taxes and um, it's an investment in the kingdom and we just happen to be in a country that you have also have a tax benefit. So instead of giving it to the government, giving it to the gospel. Um, and there's no problem with that. Go to gracefm.com, click donate. It'll take you to our church website because our donations right now are tied in with our church because it is a outreach of our church. And of course, if you're listening to this program on another radio station, donate to that radio station, please. Uh, So you guys listening on Hope FM, support Hope FM, Truth FM, support Truth FM. You guys up in Northern California, support your local station. Um, But you guys here in Colorado listening to this live, if Grace FM has blessed you, support Grace FM. Uh, It is... You know, our financial status is different than K-Love and, you know, stations like Way FM where they have such a bigger, broader, you know, K-Love is a multi-million dollar corporation and uh, they do very, very well. And we're a church uh, radio station and God provides for our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And the one way that he provides is through your generous giving. Uh, We also have a couple slots for business partners. Uh, so if you're interested in supporting through your business and you get a business acknowledgement, a donor acknowledgement on the air, uh, we would love to talk to you about that too. Just go to gracefm.com and email us. Click contact. And again, whenever I'm doing this, I'm always, I'm always going, uh, always wanting to remind you uh, that whatever station you're listening to, please support that station. Uh, let's see. Is this a line? That, is this person still on the air? Uh, let's bring on Alicia from Eaton, Colorado, on line one. Alicia, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> oh, great, what's up? So I have a couple of questions. Lately I've been thinking about um, salvation, and I've heard some things recently about maybe some Christians... Um, believe they're saved and they're not, and two scriptures that come to my mind are 
the one that says, depart from me, I never knew you. So people that are actively acting in spiritual giftings, and and he says that. And the second one is, if you're lukewarm, you're neither hot or cold, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And so yes. I was curious if those two referred to salvation, like if those are saying, like, no, you're not going to heaven, referring to those two scriptures, or you're just not getting a mansion. <laughs> Well, I do believe the first passage uh, where the revelation of a wasted life is given to a person in the presence of Jesus uh, is definitely an acknowledgement that the person hearing that was never saved to begin with. So it is uh, a the, salvation. The depart from me, absolutely. I never knew you one? You bet. Yeah. That's a, wow. that's a group of people that are deceived uh, mm-hmm. here on earth in thinking mm-hmm. that they're life, you know, even doing religious things, doing good Mm -hmm. deeds, uh, are the means by which they have a right relationship with God, and they kind of live their life like that their whole life. I I believe, personally, that they they know that they're not living correctly, and and they're also Mm -hmm. living under a form of deception. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... But their spiritual gifts are still in action, like people are getting healed, and people are getting... You know, uh, they're still doing these, they're still operating in spiritual gifts, which means God's still working through them, and that's kind of the craziest deception of it. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Um, let's, okay. let's, ask, let's ask a very simple question. You okay. ready? Mm-hmm. Who heals? God. How can he heal? Um, through our, operating through us. That's one. Is that the only way? No, absolutely not. He heals through doctors. He heals uh, right. overnight. There are different healings. <laughs> yeah, and and I would agree with you that that's a real open ended question where God is not reserved simply by using believers with the gifts of healings, although He does. Mm, right. So I suggest to you that there are people that were involved. Like for example, let's say I mean we can come up with a thousand scenarios, but let's just say. Uh, I'm, I'm after a service, inviting people up for prayer, anoint them with oil. And there's another guy there with hand laying hands on that person. And that person Mm -hmm. gets healed. Who gets the credit? Mm -hmm. God. He should get the credit, but then we might even say, well, you know, Ed, you're an elder and you're the pastor. So God used you. you It really doesn't matter who God used. Um, he's the healer. Uh, I I think that they're involved in religious activity and, Mm -hmm. you know, God, God will use, you know, for example, um, unfortunately, uh, I've had a few pastor friends who have been exposed for their rank, rebellious sin and adultery in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And they've had to step down because they've disqualified themselves from ministry. But mm-hmm. the week prior, they they taught a Bible study and dozens of people got saved. What does that tell saved, us? right. It tells us that... That, that we're you, not involved in that, really. It's between the... It's God. It's God's mercy and grace, I guess. It has nothing yeah, to do with that. Yeah, even in the worst of condition, God can supersede right. us. He can, u- he can, he, he can use uh, a donkey communicating right. the truth if he wanted to. And so I don't think that the fact that they were involved in some kind of spiritual activity necessitates that they're saved. That they're re- See, that, 
And that's like kind of like the, and even the one that says you're lukewarm, like I wish you were hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. That sounds like to me where God's saying, no, you, you did it wrong. Uh, spewing you out of my mouth almost feels like, no, you, your judgment is not, your judgment is hell. I'm spewing you out of my mouth. And the thing that, so I've been in a whirlwind of years of being kind of, confused about a lot of things, and healing is a big thing for me. I've listened to your teaching on spiritual gifts that you did recently over and over and over again, because I'm really trying to get my head cleared out of the gift of healing. I feel like people are—we're learning in churches all across the country that we should go lay our hands on everybody all the time, and I've been under that teaching for a long time, but I believe deep in my heart that Jesus said he did what the Father told him to do and said what the Father told him to say. So if God, if the Holy Spirit puts it on my heart to go pray for somebody, that's when I feel like I should be in obedience, and I believe that I have the expectation for that to happen. I don't expect it when I'm taught, told to go outside of a store and lay my hands on everybody, and everybody's going to be healed. I think that people get broken over that, and I feel like people leave churches because they might be healed for an hour, but the next day they're like, oh, it, it's not really real, so this thing must not be right. Well, so I think I, I really, deeper... I, my heart is, I, I want to be saved. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want the true teaching. I want the right teaching. And I believe sure. the Holy Spirit kind of tells me something's different than what I hear other churches teaching, and it kind of trips me out, because I don't want to be wrong. It's not the desire of my heart. Well, and I think that, there, that some of the theology that you're pointing out, it's a much deeper error than just telling people to go out and lay hands on the sick. I mean, uh, it certainly is God's it certainly is God's desire for us to encourage one another to pray in faith and to yield ourselves to the will of God like Jesus did in the garden, right? He said, mm-hmm. nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And uh, yeah. the, the stream of teaching, it sounds like you've been a part of this health and wealth, prosperity, faith movement type yeah. of, of false teaching really simply puts human beings in the place of God where we are now told to command God, and that's what that's what I believe leads to false, um, you know, leads to discouragement, leads to people to, to, to turn their back on God because man has become God, and when it does, you know, uh, thinking of some of the most pop, more popular uh, uh, health and healers, and you know, if they really, if if it was really true what they say, then why aren't hospitals out of business? Amen. I, that's what I think that same thing, and I've heard you say that. And you know, the hardest thing for me, and because I always want to call you, I've called you a few times over all of these years and spoke with you. Because I did Andrew Lomax, I did an extension school and graduated that, and that's where me and my husband, I got really jacked up, and my husband still wants to go down to Karis. And our belief, like the, the devil, has used the Bible to like separate our relationship, so we can't talk about the Bible. I listen to Calvary all the time. And I would go to a Calvary church if my husband would come with you, but we have a home church that we love. Mm-hmm. And yes. so it's it's like I get such a well I don't I get a really good balanced teaching and I am I don't want to say Apollo or Apollos, but Calvary is what feeds my spirit. 
And so, you know, we get into this. My husband wants to go to Karis, and he wants to do Andrew Womack school, but that's what jacked my brain up in the beginning, and I started feeling like I was being led astray, and that's what I really felt like the Holy Spirit told me, and then it caused problems in our marriage, and then we separated, and here we are back together, you know, three more years, and we still have this, the devil uses the Bible as a confusion between our beliefs. And, well, and I would encourage your, I would encourage you to have your husband like be on the phone with you when you guys are on this because if he was calling, I'd say to stay away from Andrew Walmack. He is a, he is the epitome of the faith movement um, teaching and the prosperity doctrine and and in those types of things, it's only guys like Womack that are becoming prosperous um, and teaching and those kids in the new that school that all. he started. <laughs> What's that? He don't. He won't. He won't hear that. Like, so I think it comes to the point where it's like, I'm right and you're wrong, or you're wrong and I'm right, and between us, and it's it's been really difficult, because he, my husband well, is, is I believe he has the gift of faith, so that stuff seems so much more real to him than, I feel like I'm really Bible-based, and like, operate less in that kind of area, and so it's it's kind of challenging. It is very challenging. It's It's a form of being unequally yoked. Exactly, um, and that's you, what I wanted to ask you a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you, you guys are believers, and and it's too bad that the Bible's become or the relationship with God is becoming such a division thing. But the reality is, is is the Bible is the final court of appeals in our disagreements, and mm. and so we just need to pray that God would open your husband's eyes so that you can remain together, so that you can be fruitful together, and and again, just Amen. just the logical. The logical conclusion of Andrew Womack's teachings would be then just go down to the ER of the local mm-hmm. hospital. Uh, what's the local? What's the closest hospital to Eaton? Uh, Greeley, Northern Colorado so Medical go, Center. <laughs> so go over to the hospital, stand in the ER, and and with your husband. I mean, and I know I know it even sounds like exaggerated or facetious, but I'm I'm absolutely serious. Put this no, doctrine to the test. And, um, and, and, you know, talking to your husband, maybe he's listening. You could listen to the podcast after this and say, look, mm-hmm. I recognize you believe what you believe, but let's put it to the test and let's go and just out of 10 people, heal, ten, heal the first 10 people coming in from an ambulance. And, and it's, it's such a silly, um, it's, it's such a silly proposition because that God heals sovereignly. He doesn't heal yeah. on the whim of man. He is sovereign mm-hmm. in his healing and in his dealings. Remember Jesus when he went into the pools of Bethesda. Uh, he went in. It was the the portion of the scripture where there the it was a, it was a yeah it was a very pitiful pitiful place, and everybody was waiting for the water to move because they knew sure, the first yeah. one in the water would be healed. And Jesus comes into that arena, and and he's in the midst of the worst of the worst. Uh, sickness in that region. Um, Mm -hmm. And how many people did he heal? One. Why didn't he heal everyone? That's what I tell everybody. I'm like, you guys are taking everything in context. He healed the one. And and I have to say, you know, there's a great book out. Um, It's not primarily on healing, but it's on what you were talking about with some people being disappointed with God. Uh, It's called Mm -hmm. The Prisoner in the Third Cell. And oh, yeah. it, it's a it's a phenomenal book, and it, it it it's a it's written in such a way where it's kind of like a play. It's put into play form. You could read it in about a half hour, 
Uh, and it's for everyone listening that is just feeling disappointed by God. And the premise of it is he is taking the situation of John the Baptist, and you remember how greatly God used John the Baptist mm-hmm. in wonderful yeah. ways, and then you mm-hmm. fast forward just a few months, and he where does he end up? He's in jail. And mm-hmm. when he's in jail, he sends word to, to Jesus, and he, he asks he Jesus a question, are you really the Messiah? Are you the one? Yeah. And and so why is he asking that question? This is his relative. This is the one that leapt in the womb when Jesus was present in Mary's womb, the one that baptized him, the one that heard the voice from heaven, saw the dove. This is my I mean, son, yeah. So why is he asking that question? Human doubt, I guess. I, I, yeah, he's in a, I've, he's I've, in a crisis know. of faith. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. he's in a crisis of faith. He's He's processing... All that he's believed in with the reality of his current circumstances that he's about to get his head cut off. Mm-hmm. And and he sends that word. Now, one of the things, and, and we've all been in a position like that, I believe, where we've been disappointed. And Jesus gave, gives this glowing report that John the Baptist actually never hears, um, especially at the end. The last part that Jesus shares, he shares after the guy goes back to John. And he says, there's not a greater man uh, than John the Baptist. But John never hears that. Uh, it wasn't right. shared in the in the in the messenger's ears earshot. So, mm-hmm. but one of the things the author pulls out is um, he 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 uses this scenario. He says, um, "You know, what did you go out to see? Um, uh, a prophet? I say to you, more than a prophet. You know, he's a messenger." Um, actually, let's go back. He says in verse twenty-two, "You go tell John the things that have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk." Lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And and the author does something that I've never really considered until I read this book, and that's that's the thought that might have been in John the Baptist's mind. Were all the blind given their sight? Were all the lame been able to walk? Were all the lepers cleansed? And the answer to that is? No. No. So imagine this, and he, he puts this scenario as an application to us. He says, imagine a day of healing by Jesus where he's surrounded by people. Let's say there's 50 people that want to be healed, and he gets to person number 40, heals number 40, and then has to leave. Mm. How do you think number 41 feels? Mm. Oh, gosh. And, and this, <gasps> this, this dilemma is all throughout the scriptures, this sense of of life not measuring up to what we thought it was. You know, he healed, you know, why did you allow this with my friend? And why am I going to get my head cut off? And why all the tragedies and trials and difficulties of, and, and so what does Jesus say? And this is the key. This is the key to the book. And so anyone that's that's frustrated with God right now, questioning him, hurting, you've got to read this book. And here's the key to the whole thing. Jesus says this, Luke seven twenty three. Blessed is he who is not offended because of mm. me. Amen. That's the whole That's premise. So good. And so, you know, the, the idea that people are being ripped off by false teachings is definitely uh, true, but we can always bring those people to the truth, sidestepping some of these doctrines that just don't hold water. They're, they, they aren't consistent. That's one of the most frustrating things. I'm okay if we disagree. Uh, and I'm okay mm-hmm. if we don't come to the same conclusion on certain secondary things. I, I make room for different views, and 
And, you know, I might have a stronger view on one thing or the other, but what I don't make room for and what I don't appreciate is when someone proposes a teaching and isn't consistent in their the their flow of thought or logic. Mm. Because God invented logic. Uh, he invented, right. you know, God is a God of order. Uh, he likes things done decently and in order. And so there's an order and a decency to doctrine that God gives. And so, you know, even if, if you have an alternative point of view, at least be consistent. And so, you know, these same people, and I don't know Andrew personally, but um, these same people that preach, I, I do remember this. I remember seeing Creflo Dollar on TV wearing glasses. Why is he wearing right. glasses? That's my husband's like if, other favorite. <laughs> if he believes that, if he believes that he's got the gift of healing, uh, and he can heal, why is, can't he heal his own? Why can't he heal his own eyes? Or yeah, you know, it's 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 just not consistent, and and I don't know why. I mean, I do know why uh, some would follow, but I just the Bible really is a book that we have to submit ourselves to, not make it bend mm-hmm. to our whim. Yeah, I agree. And I'm the confusion is out of control and you know, when people are like, Well, Jesus healed all, I'm like, That's that's not true. That that that's so the Bethesda one. I've been saying that for months now. I'm like, I don't how do you say this? How do you say this? And when people say that Jesus when Jesus died on the cross that we were healed by his stripes, but I, I think that they're not understanding that when we go to heaven, like those things come to pass. We are completely healed. That's right. Like That's it's right. not true right now because we're not seeing it. And so you can't say that. You're not looking at the greater picture of when we die, when we lose this physical body, that is absolutely 100% correct. But it's not happening right now. And people try to explain it away in a million different ways. And it's confusing. It's, it's absolutely confusing. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. Well, I, I think that it poses a challenge for you because uh, as you're serving your husband and as you're enjoying marriage and as you're not able to connect on this level at this point, but by faith we're going to believe that, that God can do a work and he can change beliefs, Amen. you have to be careful not to be overbearing uh, in an argumentative way that won't lead to right. anything. You know, I, this verse comes to mind. Something I had to learn the hard way, and sometimes I still have to learn it, um, but sometimes I learn it the hard way still now, where Paul is writing to young Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 2, and he says, And a servant, or, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle mm. to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. Um, and so some op- alternatives for your husband, you know, is like um, you alternate when you go to church and, and, you know, you go one week with him and then he said, then, then you see if he might agree with, to come one week with you over uh, to, to, to Calvary Greeley or to a Wednesday night. He has or, gone and seen Jeff with me and he's, that's great. It, it, he's, he's not into it. <laughs> it takes not that time. he's not into Calvary because he does, he listens to your guys' program and your teaching yeah. during the day too. So it's it just not, takes time. It's just, yeah, you know, and I think that the other we um, we're going to get some to some other calls here, but the the other thing that's Sorry. worth understanding. No, it's okay. Um, the the other thing that's worth understanding is is that God uses sickness for His glory. He Amen. uses pain 
and sorrow. He uses even the death of our loved ones. And we have the greatest example of using pain in the life of Paul with the thorn in his side. It was not removed by him. It wasn't removed by Paul, who was definitely used to heal, and it wasn't removed mm -hmm. by God. Uh, it, he died with it. Mm -hmm. And 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 instead, instead of it being removed as it was desired, and who else would not? Who and not one of us would not ask for it to be removed? Instead of it being removed, God's answer to him, Jesus comes to him and he says, "My grace is sufficient for you, because you're going to learn something through this pain that you would learn no other way." And that's looking to him. <laughs> it, yeah, you. You're, like, my yeah. answer to you. Is you want you want me to remove this? You want me to take it away, Paul? But my answer to you is, I'm going. I'm what you're going to receive. I'm not taking anything away from you. Instead, I'm going to give you more of myself. Mm. Amen. So let's pray because I know it's a it's a frustrating thing, but I know you love your husband, and I know there's yeah. many other things you enjoy about him and enjoy with him and. And as you focus on those things, giving room for the Holy Spirit to work, you know, to work in your husband's life. That's just give him room. Amen. And look for those opportunities to have good discussions. But, you know, let the to memorize Second Timothy 2.24. 2 Second Timothy, I'm going to. <laughs> I wrote it down. It'll just be so helpful. And you won't be perfect at it, but walking in the Spirit, you'll be far more gentle than you will in the yeah. flesh. So, Amen. I Father, I just that. pray for Amen. my sister, and I know that uh, this is a hard scenario, um, especially when it surrounds doctrine and teachings. And, and Lord, I know we don't have, I know I don't have all my doctrine perfect either. So I know that I want to grow in my understanding of you. I want to grow in my ability to serve you. I want to remain flexible and open to a work of your Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and I want to be used in these last days, Lord. I don't want to be arguing. Uh, I want to be proclaiming. Uh, and, I, and I want to be helping, and I want to be serving. So I just pray for this marriage and many others like it, mm -hmm. that you would give strength and grace as they wait on you. In Jesus' name, mm -hmm. amen. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Bless You're welcome. you guys. All right, bye-bye. All right, let's go to Marie in Aurora, Colorado. Marie, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey. Hey, uh, so I just wanted to call in and, and, and say a, prayer, a praise report. Um, so last night at work, I did something really stupid. I uh, miscalculated what I was doing with the knife and ended up cutting my thumb open pretty Yikes. badly. Had to go to the ER and everything. And um, But miraculously, I didn't cut any tendons. I didn't cut anything really, really bad. And they got four stitches in me. And my boss completely understood. And I thought he was going to be pissed at me. But he was like... Hey, accidents happen, and they're working around it, and so God is good. Hey, that's fantastic. That's a scary thing to be cutting up your thumb. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, it is indeed. I, I rejoice with your praise. I'm glad that it wasn't uh, permanent damage. Yeah, for sure. All right. And I just you. have to be patient and let, let it heal the rest of the way and let God heal it. Yes, you're right. All right. God bless you. I right, thank you. All right, bye. All right, bye-bye. Hey, we're coming up on the first break of the show. Great conversation, though. Uh, great to have, end our first half with a praise report. 
of just, you know, how many things in our lives, um, how many things in our lives uh, we are grateful that it could have been worse. Um, I can think of many, many, many things in my life that as bad as it is, it could have been worse. And I just rejoice in God's mercy and God's grace and God's goodness. I'm so grateful that he, like Pastor Skip Heitzig has taught us, you know, he's got his hand on the thermostat and and he only goes as hot as we can handle and always gives us a way out and is so merciful and gracious. Even with our own mistakes, we don't always experience consequences one-to-one for our failures and our sins as believers because the blood of Jesus Christ has, has cleansed us from all sin. So, so good. We got an open line, 303-690-3000. Text me if we have some time. We'll go to text questions, 720-336-0897. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church, Colorado. Uh, We're in Aurora, Colorado. Yes, we're Calvary Aurora. Yes, we're Calvary Chapel. And now we're Calvary Church, Colorado. I love it. That's how people search for the church. So we're shifting it around. I love it. I love doing what I get to do. What an honor. What a blessing. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church, Colorado. We're in Aurora on Hampton and Tower. Our website's calvaryaurora.org. We also have calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. And we have services this weekend. It's Saturday night, 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 845 and 1045. And this weekend, we're going to be dealing with one of the most difficult passages in all the Bible, Hebrews chapter 6, and I hope uh, that I am able to communicate it in a way that simplifies it and gives the, the heart and perspective of what the author to the Hebrews really meant, and we're having a great time studying the book of Hebrews, so you're welcome. Come on out. Go to calvaryaurora.org, calvaryaurora.org, all the information's there. Certainly want to serve you and your family. We're so grateful uh, to have that privilege. Okay, we've been, uh, Sherry's been waiting very patiently in Annapolis, Maryland. Sherry, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I, um, I have a question about, uh, okay. you know, uh, I had the radio one and it was from last week's show. You were talking about uh, culture and whatnot. Um, yes. In today's culture, and as bad as it's gotten, and society and all of its ills, a question would be that um, for millions of people, uh, when you're saved, you're supposed to come and, you know, ask to be saved. You're supposed to have faith and trust and ask for that guidance and all of that. What about the millions of people who are unable to do that for millions of different reasons? They can't do it because of uh, mental issues, that they can't do it because they're so broken, or they can't do it because they've never been um, even talked to about Jesus or right. been turned against that by their parents, possibly, or 
Maybe they grew up in a cult or whatever it may be. Um, how would those people be saved if, unfortunately, they go through all of their life and they never get to be saved? And I, myself, was never brought up religiously in any way, shape, or form. Um, I always questioned it. I didn't have the opportunity to hear about the Christian religion other than people who seemed a little hypocritical and all of, you know, the stereotypes for that. Um, so, you know, I didn't really... Uh, and it wasn't until many later years uh, in me right. thinking about life and quote-unquote God in general. Um, that one, one night I just actually laid it all down to God and said, look, if you're here, you know, I don't know what else to do. I try to be a good person, but I need your guidance, and I don't care what else goes on. I want right. to be uh, with you. Yes. And it was then that things changed big for me. However, that was me, uh, you know, asking that. It did occur to me. What about the people that will never rec- occur to, not for any fault of their own, per se, yeah, but, but they just don't. They don't well, let's break get down, to be safe. Let's break down your question for a few things, because you, you, you cover quite a bit across the board. But let's start mm-hmm. with... Let's start with the broader understanding of who God is and recognizing that however God chooses to judge, um, as, as we, because he will judge, right? He's the creator. And so everyone that you just described are accountable to God, not to you or to me. So I'm grateful for that, right? Because it's a dilemma for us how to sort this all out. But it, it's not a dilemma for God, our all-knowing, all-loving um, all righteous God. He, however, this gets sorted out in His presence, we will agree with God. We may not understand it fully right now, but we will agree with God um, on how He sorts it out because we trust right. that He's righteous and He proved it to us. So that, that I'd start there. However, God judges; He will judge righteously, and those that love righteousness will agree. Secondly. You named a, a quite a bit of different types of people, and so I want I, I think that the the group that you mentioned uh, that stuck out to me the most would be the, those have the, those that are mentally challenged or their inability right. to understand and and I I just know that God is a merciful God, and He's going to hold people accountable for what they know, not for what they don't know, and you know my experience with those that have been challenged. Um, whether it be as um, challenged with brain injuries, whether it be challenged just born with a broken brain, uh, challenged by uh, being in a coma and incapacitated or on a, in a, having no ability to communicate. How about challenged by uh, people in their lives ever since they were tiny that put well, God down the, in general? Let's get there. I'll get there in a second, but I want to okay. finish this thought. The... The reality of those that are challenged, maybe their inability to communicate, I believe God has a way to communicate with them that sur- surpasses our human communication. And so, so I, I trust them with God, and I know that God will judge them righteously, uh, and that he, he loves them uh, and demonstrated that love by sending Jesus Christ to die for them. So I don't think uh, being born with a challenge uh, necessitates um, them in a different category. Like God, God loves them. And he's going to judge with them um, uh, righteously. Now, 
the other groups that you mentioned, just like the one you just said, and maybe even your own life is circumstantial. You know, you were born in a certain place, raised in a certain place, weren't exposed to church perhaps or to the Bible. What do we do with them? Maybe even sometimes this question is asked this way. What about the people in the jungle that never heard the gospel? What exactly, does God do right, with them? right. Good example, um, yes. And and it's it's a good question to ask because the Bible actually addresses that. And you know, God has given every human being on the planet Earth a witness, um, a demonstration of his presence. He's actually given every man, woman, and child on the planet two things. Uh, all of us, even when you and the upbringing you had, I mean, your story alone is is a testimony that it's never too late to believe in Jesus Christ, no matter what oh, you exactly. grew up knowing. I believe that, and that's good that. news to me. Yeah. Um, but but let's consider this for a second. First of all, um, if we if we think of God's witness to man as light, like in a dark place, and he, we use that picture light. Number one, God has given everyone the light of creation. Right, Because if we just walk out into our backyard and see a tree, we can very quickly conclude with no Bible, no knowledge of God, no nothing, it would be very easy for us to come to the conclusion that we did not create that tree. Um, don't right. you think? I mean, or a mountain yep. or anything majestic and big. So that light of creation, as imperfect as it is, it does speak to man that there is someone greater there is a there yes. is you, you may my, not use the... my original um, foundation and even considering God, uh, strangely enough, came from nature. And yes. paying more attention to it and being totally, sure. totally blown away uh, that I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. That yes, that was my first roots to say there has so you to have be that. A God, and, and then... it, it progressed and evolved from there. So the, the second light that every human being has been given, see, creation is an external light, and in, in the second one is an internal light, and that's the light of conscience, the innate right, ability right. to know right and wrong. Like, you, you don't need the law to tell you. You don't need mom and dad to tell you. You, you know right. it's inside a you feel it. It steers that you have done wrong. And the Bible describes that as God putting eternity in our hearts. That, that he's the one that created us because we're created in his image and he is the definition of right and everything apart from him is wrong. And so every it doesn't matter if you were born in the United States or you were born in the middle of a jungle. For exa- Let me give you an example and for everyone listening because this is such a great question um, that I, we want to get this answer because it stumps people. So let's, let's, let's pretend that you and I are transported to this to this jungle and tribe A is on one side and tribe B is on another. Tribe okay. A decides, you know what, we, we're bored. Let's go over to tribe B and let's steal everything that they have, and including their women, and we'll make them slaves. So that's what they do. They go over to tribe B in the middle of the night. They steal all their goods and all the women and all the children, and they bring them back and, um, you know, try to set the village on fire and everything. So after Tribe A returns from plundering Tribe B, what does Tribe B feel? What do they think and feel? What do you think? What does Tribe A think? The tribe that was stolen from and abused and hurt, what is their response? I don't know. They're angry. 
They're well, yeah, probably wanting revenge. They're right. thinking, right. I want my stuff back. And right. most yeah. likely, I mean, if on a simple level, they're just sitting there going, this was wrong. Now, yeah, they would, where did the definition wrong, yeah. of wrong come to them? Okay. They don't have a Bible. Right. They don't have a church. I see where you're going with that, but let's go back to the people who um, okay. have no remorse, who may be, you know, whatever in the mental... I mean, how somebody that can't feel that conscience to well, tell before them we get there, to steer them right and wrong. Let's not jump. Let's not jump that. Jump there real quick. I'll end with that one, okay? Because I want to build okay. a case. Because if you okay. jumble all these people together, it's harder. It's it's harder to discern the workings of God. Okay. But if we separate them right. like we are, okay. it'll be so help, we'll helpful. We'll go back to Tribe B, who's feeling yeah. So angry, they're they're feeling remorse. And all. Yeah, why? And they're feeling that because God put inside of them right and wrong. That's right. And and they don't need a Bible or a church to do that. They know right and wrong when they've been wronged. So God has given every human being this innate ability to know what's right and wrong. And here's the thing. If we're in the dark and we're walking and we see a, a speck of light, it would make sense just on a human level to follow that light, to get, to get out of darkness. Don't you think? Yeah. If you go the opposite way of that light, whose fault is that? Right. It's but it's the person that refuses that way, even if they have that feeling, do they? Yeah. Well, I mean, light is light, so creation is always there. If they refuse to acknowledge that there's a creator and and assign it to evolution or whatever, they're responsible for that. If they right. refuse to acknowledge that there's right and wrong in the world, and someone defined that for us, then it's their responsibility. So the reality of God, He has not left a he has not left the world in creation without a witness. As a matter of fact, and I'll get to the hard-hearted in a minute, but as a matter of fact, the Bible puts it this way. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men, listen, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And what I've learned okay. over the years serving, what I've learned over the years serving is, 99% of the time I meet somebody that resists Jesus Christ. They don't have a theological problem. They don't have a knowledge problem. They have a moral problem that they're unwilling to give up in order to follow God. But they still have the conscience inside of them. And and so, which leads me to your last example. What about the people that feel no remorse? What about the psychopaths? What about the people right. that are wicked and evil? Um, we have an example of a man by the name of Pharaoh who had a hard heart. And God gave him chance after chance with Moses coming to him to soften his heart. And he refused to do that. And that's how I believe he died with a hard heart. But do you not believe that sometimes neurologically, uh, DNA, what have you, that sometimes the brain does make certain people absolutely incapable of, of feeling that conscience, of feeling those things so that they can even get to the point that we're talking about. That is, I guess, okay, so I put all I believe, groups I believe in that, there. I believe what you're I describing is... I put all those groups is, in there, but this last one is the one that really stumps me. Well, I believe what you're describing is a rare exception. 
And what I mean by exception is that I don't know how God's going to sort that out exactly, um, but I don't believe that people are born with the inability to respond to God. I believe that God can even, you know, we think of such an evil man uh, that was involved in so many evil things like Ted Bundy and and um, the brother he's right, still in prison. Right, all the famous uh, they, they, serial They killers. responded right. to the gospel and were born again in prison. That's We have a harder time with that. Okay, yeah. And we do with someone that can't, that, that we think are just, I mean, the, the atrocities, they live with the guilt and the shame of that the rest of their lives, and they've hurt so many families, I and yet the blood of Jesus Christ. I just about that, Charlie Manson, and uh, one of the girls in that Charlie Manson group, which was horrific, horrific murders, uh, yeah, she I mean, did beyond herself in prison. I think she was one of the only ones. And for a person that's born again, that, that places their faith in Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to forgive them. Still, even we're after we're the most... still to the point where you say you don't believe that people are born like that. Some people can't even talk when they're born or can't talk all their, they're, well, they're severely gone. Are, do you believe that's why I, I agree, but we've already have? addressed that. But we've already addressed that because I think God can communicate with people that are unable to communicate with each other. I don't, I think God can supersede the limitations of man to communicate directly with the spirit and the soul of a person. He can bypass people's inability. Like if I wasn't able to communicate with you, um, God could still speak to me. Like he, he created me. And so there's this really, really good questions. I appreciate you uh, calling and um, it, it is a, you, you can, even as you've been thinking about it, there's significant layers of this. And, and ultimately even as my explanations might lack, I still trust in a holy and a righteous God who will sort it out, even above our un- inability to understand. His ways are different than our ways, even though I do think there's some Bible answers. Thanks for calling. We'll move on to line number one is Rita in Denver, Colorado. Rita, welcome to the program. Hey, Rita, are you on the air? All right. Rita says she's on her way to a funeral for a child, so she wanted prayer. So, Father, we do pray for Rita, and ask you. I ask you to comfort and encourage um, that you would. Um, it's going to be hard. Just, I don't know any other way to put it. God, it's going to be a hard service. I pray for the family that's grieving and mourning, and and their hearts just literally been ripped out of their chest. Um, and let Rita be an, an instrument. Uh, for your righteousness. And just give them the strength to get through the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before we get on to the next caller, uh, we did get a question about the passage with John the Baptist. Uh, Where is that in the Bible that I mentioned earlier? It's in Luke chapter 7. Let me get to it. Beginning in verse... uh, You could pick up the, the actual paragraph is... Uh, Luke seven eighteen through thirty five, Luke seven eighteen through thirty five, and the book that I referenced uh, is so good. It's called the Prisoner in the Third Cell. The Prisoner in the Third Cell, three zero three six nine zero three thousand, three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Uh, let me see here. Let's go back to the phone lines. Rich 
is next in Highlands Ranch. Rich, welcome to the program. Hey, Rich, are you with us? All right, we've got wide open lines, 303-690-3000, Oh, Rich is back. Hey, Rich, welcome yeah, to the here. program. Hey, how are you, Pastor? Oh, great. Hey, what's awesome. up? Awesome. Hey, I just uh, first and foremost wanted to thank you so much for the recommendation on that prisoner in the third cell. That uh, that book is amazing. My wife and I drive back and forth to Kansas to visit grandkids. and We've listened to it several times uh, in the car. Oh, it's so, it's and so it helpful. just touches your heart. It, and, you know, his style. The, so there's two books by, um, I, what's his name? Is it Gene Edwards? Gene Edwards, um, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's two books. Of all of his books that were that he wrote, there's two that has to be in every person's library. The first one is a book called The Tale of Three Kings. And that's a book for anyone that's ever been hurt by someone in the church, which basically is everyone. Uh, but you know, when you've really been hurt deeply, you've been a, you've been uh, mistreated or or you've just had uh, a difficulty with a pastor or a fellow believer, a tale of three kings. I, every leader in the church should read it. Uh, because we're always hurt uh, by by other people. That's just the way it is. And then this one uh, is for anyone that has ever felt offended, uh, specifically by God. Um, just felt like God gave us an unfair shake, or um, it's not right, it's not fair, any of those kind of feelings. This book, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, it's just gold. Well, just to to look at it from the perspective of, you know, the, the number number 50 person standing in line or the person that, you know, went to bed and got up to find out that Jesus left during the night and they didn't get their opportunity to be healed. I never looked at it like that at all, ever. And when you brought up tonight on the call with the, with the lady about, uh, you know, the, the guy at, Beth, at Bethesda, you know, um, only being the only person healed, it's like, yeah, I mean... Uh, I don't know. I, I I did have a question, if you don't mind, sir. No, I don't mind at all. What can I do for you? Um, I was wondering. I've I've heard, uh, you know, our church is kind of going through some stuff, different changes in pastors over the years, and and different things. And I've seen some stuff on the new apostolic reformation or revelation or something that I I believe that um, it just seems like there's a whole lot of of the things that are going on at my church that that are pointing in that direction, and I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on that deal, and uh, just yeah, continue I would absolutely to pray for stay your show. Away. So, yeah. I would definitely stay away from the doctrinal um, uh, from the, the the doctrinal things of the what they're calling the new apostolic reformation. Um, it's a it's a it's an outgrowth of the kingdom now. Uh, it's kind of like a bucket where the old guys from IHOP and the, the false prophets from Kansas City are a part of it. I mean, it's it's kind of like a power trip where the church is going to be so strong that the church is going to hasten the coming of the Lord. Um, that that belief that if we bring the kingdom now, then it'll make Jesus come back faster. And it's a hyper-Pentecostalism is involved. Um, it's the churches like Bethel up in Northern California where gold dust is coming down from the rafters and angel feathers and and all kinds of bizarrety um, that um, is is just really not biblical. Um, in, in addition, there's a there's a sense of of unhealthy leadership where the Bible teaches us as leaders not to lord over the flock, 
this movement has restored a or created a lording over the flock type of 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 leadership where apostles you know where they they believe that um, the apostles didn't die out that they're real apostles today with the exact same um powers and and authority that they did that the men did that were walked with Jesus and there's just so many things that are not healthy about this movement but you know the strange thing about this is especially someone like Bethel is some of their music is some of the most inspiring doctrinally sound music uh, of of worship not all of it so don't get me wrong um, definitely not all of the songs reflect sound but many of them do and it just I don't understand how that's possible but it is um, and so we just need to learn how to um, test all things and hold fast to what is good very much appreciate it, sir. Thank you for your time. God bless, and I love your radio station. Okay, God bless you, brother. I hope uh, God gives you wisdom in these new changes. Thank you very much, Pastor Ed. All right, bye-bye. Um, there's so many things um, on. There's an article on gotquestions.org. If you want to look it up, just put in New Apostolic Reformation in there. And and, and yet, you know, we have to—sometimes we, uh, as pastors or churches, you know, we— we get into this place where you go, well, if their their doctrine's so bad, then why are you singing their songs? And you know, the the answer is their songs are some of their songs are great. And as believers, we're to reject that's what that is what is bad and accept what is good. Uh and and good can come from a donkey. So do we reject truth uh that comes from a donkey because it came from a donkey? And and I believe if you are men and women of the Bible you will reject falsehood and you will learn how to, like we're learning in Hebrews, by reason of use, you'll use the word of God. And and so I know, because um, that's a big question, I know it wasn't asked, but well, if the New Apostolic Reformation is so bad, why do you sing Bethel songs or Jesus culture songs? Or, Well, you know, if the song's lyrics do not reflect sound doctrine, then we don't sing it. But even then, there's disagreement over that, isn't there? I mean, I, I just find it such a trick and a trap of the devil to get us arguing about insignificant things instead of worshiping him. Um, and of course, even with that statement, some were like, well, but it's significant to me, Ed. And so I would say to you, I respect you. And I respect that your line of things that are significant are different than mine. And I wouldn't seek to argue you out of your conscience or out of your conviction um, but as a pastor overseeing a flock and serving alongside so many wonderful men and women, I have seen over the years that arguing and fighting and and arguing about the wrong things, fighting the wrong enemies, dilutes the power of the church. It, it just absolutely dilutes the power of the church. And most of the time, those that are fired up about you know, a particular song. It doesn't even have to be Bethel, just a particular song. Um, are believers. Um, you know, they're what I mean by that is that they're long term believers that have become comfortable and 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 are, are resistant to change oftentimes. You know, over the years we've just been so blessed with all the changes in our church and that that there's been there's just been a sweetness in our congregation. I'm I'm grateful. It's hasn't been without conflict or anything, but it's just been a sweetness uh, in our church, and um, 
super grateful for that. You know, just just really um, wonderfully blessing. You know, whether we change a decoration on the wall or we use new technology or we use lights or haze or whatever, there's just been an adaptation of the men and women in our church because we were, come to worship Jesus. And it's not about the building. It's not about the lights. It's not about the haze. It's it's about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It's about teaching the Bible. It's about walking in agape love. It's about visiting the sick. It's it's about walking in truth and and humbling ourselves before the mighty hand of God that we might be that that we might be lifted up. And and so I just pray for you that might be in a tough time right now, um, like this brother just called and. We certainly resist false teaching. We certainly resist false doctrine. But at the same time, we also reserve our we reserve that judgment for God. And remember, there was that time when um, the disciples are there and they go, you know, Jesus, they're not for us, and they're not with us. And he was talking about a group that were. That, that we're preaching, you know, and uh, doing um, <clears throat> doing something, you know, that um, they weren't part of the group. And Jesus says, he who is not with me is against me, and he who is not gather me with me scatters. He speaks of those that are uh, openly opposed to him. But like Paul said, he said, some people preach the gospel through selfish ambition, but Praise God that the gospel's preached. That's a place of humility that I want to get to, uh, that I want to be able to say I have. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Uh, God would just um, encourage you and strengthen you. Um, I know you guys, um, some people were waiting, uh, Bobby and Marilyn, Tiffany and Evans. Sorry we couldn't get to you today. Come out to worship with us at Calvary Church in Aurora. Um, we'll be gathering 6, 6 p.m. Saturday night. Sunday, 845, 1045. Go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, calvaryaurora.org. Thanks for allowing me to be a small part of the big work God's doing in your life. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.